Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, objective insight, expertise, top guest, available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. You got a Sunday meeting, they said. The place has a patio, they said. That'll be a great place to meet. And if you're watching on YouTube, my face is beat red. Because I got a little too much sun yesterday. We've got a lot to get to on the program, including who is more desperate, Texas A&M, or is it Alabama? All kinds of shaking and good times on the basketball front as you might expect, and Tennessee with some recruiting, not only news, but I'm going to be able to give you a little bit of insight as to where things are going. So we're off and running, and I'll quote my man D on the message board already. Go ahead and smash that like button. Subscribe while you're at it. It really helps us out and helps to bring more viewers. Cost you nothing, not a Zippo, absolutely zero, but Maybe you don't need me. I'm looking at the analytics from Friday. My son was graduating. And Caleb just slayed it. So I don't know. Maybe he'll just do it by himself. Do you want me to drop out of this thing and you just take over, <laughs> Caleb? Well, Dave, we had a we had an advantage. I don't know if Fred told you, but we dove deep into what we expected from the Royal Housewives of Atlanta season premiere last night. And <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that is. But I'm, well, gonna... I'm joking. Fred says he never watches the show and that they shouldn't be housewives because they're all not married usually anyway. But 
We went down the rabbit hole. We're like, we were like, you know what? Dave should produce a show. Real House Hookers of different cities. And <laughs> exactly right. I, I should sue them for trademark infringement. Okay, I, I, I have a. <laughs> I have a, a, a cool announcement. So we talked a lot about the Celebrate 98 series. It, it is, um, and I've told you all, all along, thanks to Tennessee Cider Company, it's it's going to be a real thing. And it is. We taped our first show on Friday. So that's going to drop later today. It was Eric Westmoreland, and it'll be me and Fred White week to week. Um, got at least uh, Dwayne Goodrich coming up this week and more and more and more. So just a lot going on. Click the like button. If you haven't subscribed and turn your notifications on, whether or not you are on YouTube, whatever uh, podcast platform you're on, turn the notifications on because those are going to drop sporadically. For the most part, they'll drop on a Sunday night or beginning of the week, but there'll be two and three and four uh, some, sometime, uh, some weeks. And so we want you to go ahead and, and do that. So I did wear my sunglasses. So I look like a pink raccoon. Uh, if you haven't gotten on our YouTube channel, please do that. And um, we, we love it. So a lot to get to, as I mentioned, I can't believe A&M uh, took a quarterback, but it's not as big of a deal. I don't think as Alabama taking a quarterback and then, Listen, I just I'm going to be real honest with you. We're we're going to start working with a gambling website, and um, it, it it's going to be later this month. And I, I got to be I'm I'm kind of glad it's not DraftKings because I think DraftKings throws Tennessee some shade from time to time. Do you remember last year they were just an eight and a half uh, over under for the season? I thought was one of the easiest bets in the entire SEC as far as over under. I had Auburn, I believe, was. Six and a half. I wanted the uh, under, and Alabama was um, ten and a half, and I liked the over. So, but I just we're going to get to that by DraftKings, but we're going to announce a major uh, a major partnership with a gambling website that we're really excited about, and it's kind of neat because we've got a lot of bets that we can do like prop bets. Like we could say Joe Milton's going to throw for more yards this year than Spencer Rattler. There's all kinds of fun stuff that we're going to be adding to the table, but the celebrate 98 series has gone through production and is uh, the first installment is done. And we will drop that later this afternoon. So if you haven't set your notifications on, then that means you don't want to celebrate the 98 team and you don't want to hear from every superstar that was on that team. So get the notifications on, please. Just take one second, one Mississippi. Do that for me, whether it's YouTube, download the app, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, I don't care. But I want you to enjoy this this summer. This is a, a passion project for me. Am I a guy that's about making money at the end of the day for my family? Yes, my son's going to an expensive college. But would I do this for absolute free, the Celebrate 98 series? I absolutely would. Um, so I'm very, very excited. Uh, I feel weird asking this. So don't, 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 Caleb, don't tell me how I did, but you watched the whole thing. It's, it's an hour, okay? So it's long. It's something you want to come home and watch because there's not good sports now which I overpaid NBA players. And I think you'll want to watch it. Hopefully it'll hit like Jordan hit COVID um, in his series. But you, you had a chance to watch it. I just want to get your thoughts, not about me, but about some of the sharing that Eric Westmoreland and Fred White did 
um, and looking back on that 98 season and how one of those gentlemen without get, getting giving anything away was homeless and the other helped them out. I'm just curious what you thought. Did you learn things from watching that, Caleb? Yeah, it stood out to me, and I do believe – I always kind of gathered this about the 98 team, but it really didn't hit until watching it. If you, And you guys will see it when you see the interview. But the closeness of that team – was unparalleled it reminds me of there there aren't uh, and i feel like that's common dave with a lot of championship teams that aren't that don't have the, a superstar that drives them to a championship you know i think of like the late 80s the only thing i could say compares to the 98 team would be the late 80s detroit pistons that uh, of teams that i know were in extremely close where they all were like they all had a deep bond and i feel like you guys will get that with watching the 98 series Wow, that is a very flattering comparison. Um, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. I mean, that 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 you took that away from that uh, means a lot, man. I appreciate you saying that. All right, so a lot to get to on the program. I actually got emotional. One of us, um, I'm not going to say who, but one of us did get teary. It wasn't me, but one of us got a little teary eyed. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited, and I hope it. I, I hope you enjoy it uh, throughout the summer. So, and D says it'll be great to listen to rolling through Texas or the Mojave. D, by the way, is a um, trucker. So he's, he's all over the place. And D, at some point I need your help because I know a lot of companies are looking for truck drivers and I can help them find it. So at some point, shoot me your email. I'm Dave at offthehooksports.com because we're looking for a trucking company actually to partner with. Am I trying to get advertisers during the show? Maybe a little bit. All right, but we got to keep this thing rolling. So let's do it. Tennessee Cider Company, by the way. I'll tell you more about them as we go on and people talk about moonshine. Here's the bottom line. I've done a live show and somebody said, hey, uh, do you care to drink our product? I did a live show from a moonshine distillery in Gatlinburg. It tasted like rubbing alcohol and I took a shot of it on the air and I thought I was about to die. These Tennessee Ciders from Tennessee Cider Company, wowzers. They are incredible. If you, t- you know, if you got a young lady and you're like, hey, maybe she needs a double. Uh, my wife needs a couple of pops, you know, sometimes on a Friday night, but she doesn't like to taste the liquor. Well, Tennessee Cider Company. And you can order online. I'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. We have a ton going on and we're excited about it. So, Let's go ahead and start right here and now with Tennessee Cruton. And that's always important. So you're going to find, especially over the next coming weeks, it's going to start our show off a lot because recruiting used to be a December sport. It's now a May and June sport. And it's a really, really big deal. Kellen Lindstrom from Glendale, four-star prospect, Glendale, Missouri, has committed to Tennessee. Now, a little bit of a discrepancy as far as how big of a commitment this is. 247 Sports has him as a three-star. The 24-7 composite has him as a four-star. The a number 27 defensive lineman in the nation, uh, number 228 overall prospect uh, in the nation, and number seven prospect in Missouri. So, if you think to yourself that doesn't jive exactly because four stars typically would be maybe a little bit higher than some of those numbers. Well, a lot of these guys haven't been completely 
rated, but they pick him up. He goes into the class of 2024. So let's dive into this one. And I'm going to tell you some things I heard about Tennessee football recruiting that I can't share all of it with you, but I'm going to share some things about the state of Tennessee football recruiting and where they are. Because at the end of the day, the rankings and all of that are very political. And I'm going to be the one person that's going to tell you why. A lot of people don't get into that. I'm kind of unique in this position because I covered recruiting so closely. And I don't care to tell you the truth because I don't run a recruiting website. But I will tell you this. Kellen Linderson, I think, is a very significant pickup. So according to 247 Sports, uh, he did have offers from Alabama. He did have offers from Arkansas. Did have offers from Auburn and California. I hate the term committable offers. Can't speak really if they're committable offers. But I don't think there's any question this is a high three to four star guy that Tennessee would take no matter how great recruiting is going. According to Alan Triu, uh, play speed and ability to disrupt play stands out immediately, has the frame to grow into a lot of directions and could project to almost any spot along the defensive line. He ain't going to be a tackle, I don't think, at six foot five, 235 pounds. I think he's going to be an end that's going to be about 250 pounds. Talk to him, uh, talk to somebody about him over the weekend. Big pickup. Let's let's play my game. This is an anywhere, somewhere, or nowhere guy. That's our ranking. This is an anywhere guy, okay? So anywhere means that you could go to any school you wanted to. Somewhere means, nah, uh, there's only a few Power 5 schools that like you. And nowhere means head on down to Division 2. I'm going to go ahead and dub this an anywhere guy with the Alabama offer in tow. What do you think? Caleb Calhoun of Mr. Lindstrom. Yeah, this is an anywhere guy. This is definitely an anywhere guy. I think that now whether or not he starts anywhere is a different story. I think the only thing that held him back, Dave, quite honestly, with his ranking, I think he would have been in the mid four star range. I think people are just a little nervous about his level of competition in high school, which, you know, that there is a lot of that that's weighted a lot with a lot of these rankings. And I understand that there have been, we've talked about in the past, there have been massive busts that look like five stars because they were playing in against weak competition. A lot of times they were from, they were in-state Tennessee guys playing in a rural Tennessee County with no competition. And so I think there's a concern about that, but you're talking about a guy that ranges 235 to 245, perfect for an edge rusher on one side. I mean, can easily, I mean, can definitely get to the passer. Seems like he's got at least enough physical ability to be able to stop the run and kind of, you're right, he's not going to play tackle, but he could probably get in between the gaps to, between, to uh, stop the run if he needed to. And so I think the versatility, that's a big part of what Tim Binks does, particularly on the line, particularly because he runs so many different blitz packages. And I think because of that, this is a pretty good pickup. And it also, more importantly, because we talk about pipelines, I know Missouri is not a great recruiting state, but they, there's some talent that comes out of there every every year. You know, a few guys that come out every year. And Josh Heupel is still showing he's got that pipeline into Missouri. And that's also why I don't think he's ever going to stop running up the score on Missouri when he plays them. Oh, no, no, great point. I didn't think about that, but no, you're absolutely right. Okay, so I think he's a big pickup. Where does this take – uh, Tennessee, because the reason I like 247, by the way, is you don't wait for recruiting updates. Theirs is all analytics based. So where does this get Tennessee um, in, in the recruiting rankings at this point in the season? Again, May 8th, this would mean nothing when I started covering recruiting in 2006, but it does mean something right now. The other thing that has changed in recruiting is I like the fact that a lot of these kids don't stick. You remember decommits were such a big thing back in the day? 
for some reason they stick now, even early. I don't completely know why, but good because ten, uh, coaches deserve that because they used to have money, worry. guys. That's why. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, <laughs> so that's why they stick. <laughs> Paradigm shift in Dave's head just now. All right, so oh no, uh, recruiting's on the up and up, guys. There's no shadiness at all in recruiting when players commit. They're not right. talking to endorsements at all. Right. Okay, so what, what what do you what do you got on Tennessee's ranking right now, which should be solid in the top ten, and where in the SEC? Because suddenly South Carolina has become one to to worry about a little bit. Yes, this is still a concern. Tennessee is number nine right now in team recruiting rankings on two four seven Sports Composite. Now, Michigan and Ohio State are number one and two. And guys, I've talked about this. We have talked about the Big Ten TV deal that's coming in. We'll talk about another conference later in the show. There's a reason the Big Ten is starting to clean up on the recruiting show with the top schools, and it is something that the SEC is going to have to address. But Georgia's number three, Notre Dame's number four, LSU's number five, Penn State's number six, Florida State's number seven, South Carolina's number eight, and Tennessee's number nine. So you're looking at Georgia and LSU and South Carolina are ahead of Tennessee right now. Florida's just behind them at number 11. Guys, I want to say this up front. Don't get excited about Tennessee being ahead of Alabama. If you've covered recruiting, you know that the minute July comes, everybody asks what's going on with Alabama recruiting in May. Everybody always asks that question. And then by the time July comes, they've got the number one class. So there is no issue with Alabama recruiting right now. I can guarantee you that. Agreed. Perfect lead in, Caleb. So here we go. So I was talking to somebody well-placed within the program um, last uh, last week. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. And you're, you're you're gonna you need to file this away because the next evolution of Tennessee recruiting are these type of guys being able to get a guy that Alabama wants that Georgia wants and I've said that before but I'm gonna bring some more information to the table right now so based off the source I talked to is there are a couple of guys this is not the end of the world because of the transfer portal there are a couple of guys that have been brought in that are a little bit incomplete okay that that are either not as physically gifted as as some of the guys that you need or maybe aren't as great as functional football players that you would like. I think Justin William Thomas is a great example. Justin Williams Thomas came to Tennessee. He looked like Eric Dickerson was on steroids. I mean, he looked absolutely unbelievable. Couldn't find a hole, was not a functional football player. Boom, you're out in January. So, this would be like a major red flag if you're bringing in handfuls of guys that aren't ready to play by year two at the collegiate level. It's not as big of a deal now because you're just going to boost these guys out in January. They get paid. I don't rip coaches anymore, Tennessee or otherwise, for doing that because it's a business now. But what, what Tennessee needs to do more and more is when guys like these okay they they need to win functional football players there's one player in particular i'm I'm not going to name the player that has all kinds of physical ability but he's not a functional football player yet he didn't have a lot of tackles last year but he's maybe one of the next best athletes on the team darnell wright was the best athlete on the team he was a functional football player so they need more of those i was told Again, not a concern. I would be telling you right now, if this were five years ago before NIL and Transfer Portal, that, uh uh-oh, you backed yourself into a corner with some questionable players that need to be ready next year. Not 2023, but 2024. They're fine this year. 
but you're going to be able to jettison these guys out. The evolution is you keep going to boosters right now to say, hey, I need a Dante Thornton. I need a Keenan Pilly. And I've been told by people not associated with Tennessee program, Tennessee's program, it is clearly just a bidding war now. You go to Miami, you say, hey, Miami, what do you give me? They say 300000 You go to Alabama, they say, we got you slotted at 400000 I'm making up numbers. I don't know the numbers. And then you go to a Tennessee, and if Tennessee wins, then they get that guy. So that's all good. That's cool. But at some point, you're adding a lot to the budget, Caleb. I mean, the, the Tennessee's athletic department budget, I believe, is about $125 million. You don't want to add an extra $5, $10 million in NIL money to that that your boosters have to pay out, unless you're winning back-to-back-to-back championships, and then they'll be fine with it. So this is the type of guy that they need. That being said, there are some guys on campus that are going to get jettisoned. Okay, that's going to happen. Some guys that you probably even liked in recruiting. And I know I'm being a little bit uh, unclear. I'm not sharing everything here. But there are winners, too. There are guys that have showed up that are absolute winners that uh, Tennessee has recruited. The two most prime examples are easy. Dylan Sampson, Squirrel White, right? I mean, those guys are going to have big-time years. There's some other guys we talked about that I don't know if they'll play extensively at Tennessee. But that's fine since you have the transfer portal. But uh, this type of guy, I really like. Uh, Alabama was in on him. Uh, I looked at his tape. I'm good on him. Um, And I think Tennessee should celebrate this one. But that's kind of the state of Tennessee football recruiting. So they are not there yet. I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't get paid anything by UT. I don't have any sort of partnership with UT like some other media companies do. That's where Tennessee is. Okay. And this is the type of guy that would signal a a bit of a change in direction and winning some of the, the Alabama and Georgia recruiting battles. Caleb, the ultimate is when Tennessee, and I don't want to harp on 98, like I'm some old man, but the other one, Caleb, that the, the real class, the thing that changed everything was the, Georgia trio. It was Cozy Coleman. It was Dion Grant. And it was Jamal Lewis. When they beat those guys for Georgia, that changed everything. So either this guy or two or three guys down the road, probably not this guy from Missouri, to be real honest with you, but some at some point soon, you're going to see a little flourish, I believe. And Tennessee's recruiting will be able to not necessarily re- rely on transfers as much, which is an IL cash. And they're going to be able to to step up and battle those teams. That's the next step, okay? And I think they'll get there. They're not there yet, okay, based off the source I talked to, Caleb. So I wanted to share that with our audience because I believe you learn more on this show, as much on this show as anywhere else. So you and I talked about it over the weekend, so you probably got some thoughts, but that's kind of where we are and what we can share publicly. What do you think, Caleb? Yeah, so it's funny when you brought this up. It's I've always criticized NFL teams for going on potential because they go on raw athletic potential more than I think you and I are both. If you were an NFL GM, your biggest thing would be plug in the tape, right? More than anything else, plug in the tape when you were drafting. Mm-hmm. And, and that it, was part of and that was part of our discussion too. That Tennessee is drafting guys on potential. Think Joe Milton, who I'm sorry to interrupt, who Hopple got. He can throw it 80 yards, but what if the receivers at 64 yards? Think Ethan Davis, who I think is going to be a great player. Incredibly athletic, but not a refined tight end at all. 
Okay, so go ahead, Caleb. Sorry. Yeah, so I was going to ask, the reason I was bringing that up is with college recruiting to high school, is it the same or don't you have to rely a little more on potential because you can't really judge because it's so spread out and the competition and the levels of competition are so different from school to school, county to county, state to state, that don't you have to rely even more on potential than plugging in the tape when you're recruiting high school talent? Great point. You can't take Bobby Bocephus down the road um, at Powell High School. I say Powell because that's where I went. I got my PhD, Powell High Diploma. Um, you can't take uh, you can't take Bobby just because he's five foot nine and ran for twenty five hundred yards and threw for four thousand yards. Um, you have to have some potential. I mean, there are a lot of productive guys, and I, and the one that stands out the most that Tennessee debated on and lost out on was um, Randall Cobb at Alcoa. A lot a lot of the t- Tennessee's coaches were well, they weren't really split. They were all against him except for Trooper Taylor at the time. And Troop wanted him, no question. They tried to get in on him. It was too late. Then Coop took to the job to Oklahoma State, and then there you're not going to get him at that point. So that's a great example of they were split. They didn't think he had enough upside, even though he was very productive. It's a great example. I don't know if you got any more off the top of your head. Oh, no. I, I mean, from It's funny because you're right. And it, this is just to, guys, just to detail how hard this is. From the reverse, Chris Donald was a five-star. Very productive, a very productive uh, high school football player. There were concerns about the level of competition he faced, but Tennessee took the chance. Remind everyone who Chris Donald is, because um, you know you, you, you're like an encyclopedia. So remind <laughs> everybody who Chris Donald is. I want to remind everybody to hit that like button, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you, you just got to do that, and we appreciate it. But the like button helps us bring more people in during the show so even if you're watching one of the replay versions we air live at 10 o'clock each and every weekday so uh, remind remind those who chris donald is okay so chris donald was a five-star linebacker in the eric berry class he helped push that class to number two in the country in 2007 he came out of huntington high school in huntington tennessee all due respect to the people from huntington there's no way to measure a football player in carroll county tennessee there's, there, there's just no way to know football talent. It's not Jackson. It's not Chattanooga. It's not Memphis. It's not Nashville. And it's not even Knoxville, for that matter. Just it's- like Patrick Willis, who Tennessee passed on, it was tough to judge him because of who he played. And then he went on the NFL Hall of Fame. But Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. It is really hard at the high school level because of these issues. Because unlike what's happening with college football, where all the talent's about to get consolidated into the top with the SEC and the Big Ten taking over everything, it is still massively spread out with high school. And so you're right. You're going to have to draft a little more with raw talent. So Chris Donald was one of those guys he took a shot on, and it just didn't work out. It was, and again, the competition was a concern when he was select when he was recruited. I mean, I think you and I may agree he may have been up to a five-star because he was productive and Tennessee wanted him, and we know how politicking goes with rivals at the time. I will say this when it comes to potential. There's one thing I'll say, because you've talked about this a lot. There's a pretty good track record of player development with Josh Heupel, better than a lot of other coaches I've seen. And maybe he believes that he can go a little more with potential because he knows how to develop players and maximize what they can do. I mean, we saw this with Nick State. Maybe not even develop them, just maximize what they can do. You talk about running backs that couldn't hit the hole. Trent Richardson was the worst of all time at not seeing the hole. And he, Nick Saban still found use for him. I mean, and he was the 
the fact that whoever in Oakland decided to draft him should have been fired as a GM immediately because it was so obvious he was not an NFL running back. <laughs> well, and in college, it's easier to hit the hole when there are five holes. <laughs> Alabama creates five, yes. Yes, I mean, it's 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 way easier, much, much easier to hit have the hole. Have you ever seen the picture of Richardson in Oakland where he go where he, like, the hole's so wide on one side and he goes the other? It's the most infamous, like, missed hole of all time. Well, we got to share the screen if you haven't. Uh, we can do that on the way back, but I want to yes. get to DraftKings and what they think about Tennessee. And they've got Tennessee at a very interesting number of the win-loss total. So I want to get to that. And Joe Milton is on the Heisman board. They think he has a shot. I'm a voter. I'll tell you whether or not that's the case. We're going to be back in a deuce, as in Fred White. Two minutes. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Hook Sports. and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'm just doing six for my sauce, 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. What was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow, that is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. So some of these gambling numbers are out. I want to go ahead and tell you, well, you're a gambling guy. Do you believe in long-term prop bets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some some of those are the best. The only thing I don't believe in are parlays because those are the ones that just, you know, 
they they they, they get eighty percent of their profits on from you, and they are so enticing, and they're so hard to say no to. <laughs> the hardcore gambling guys tell me not to do long term bets because it uh, ties up your money. Somebody that won't tie up your money is Craft Treats. Go to Craft Treats. Dot com. I'll tell you more about that as we get to four downs as Vegas has begun to weigh in some over under numbers of what you can expect from the balls. And I don't bet, especially don't do long term prop bets, but I would have blown Vegas out of the water and what they thought about Tennessee last year. So here we go. Four downs and right now brought to you by crafttreats.com. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four downs. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All right, here we go. So let me throw this out there right now, and I'll tell you what I think of it. Why DraftKings? Just absolutely wrong. DraftKings set Tennessee's football team with a nine and a half over under and wins this season. The Vols at plus 2,800, which means if you bet 100, you get 2,800 for the national title. That's Those are the 12th best odds. So a lot of people seem to think Tennessee's in that 10 to 15 range, including Vegas. I don't agree, but we'll discuss why. Joe Milton, the third junior senior Esquire, as the 10th best odds for the Heisman at plus 2,000, I'll tell you why that would be a bad bet, even though I love me some Joe Milton. Everybody's going to say that I don't like him now, but I do. But first, you got to go to crafttreats.com. Crafttreats.com. Just open up another tab and think about your pet. Your pet absolutely could use it, whether it has digestive issues, anxiety issues, or maybe arthritis. Man, my little boy Thaddeus loves it. And he's getting a little older, and I can tell arthritis is a thing. And I use the chill pills, craftstreets.com. Use the promo code off the hook, promo code off the hook. Get 20% off with the chill pills with that CBD derivative that will help your pet. So here we go. Four downs. I'm going to tell you if that uh, Vegas DraftKings is uh, right or wrong. By the way, for those that don't know, ESPN is not going to get toppled by Fox Sports. They're going to get toppled by Bally's and DraftKings Network. That's what's going to happen. Did you see where well, they, they bought? Did you see where they bought the Dan Lebitard show for fifty million? Yeah, but ESPN has been smart. They partner with Caesars, so they 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 got out ahead of this and set up shop in Vegas. The real issue is like because I think Bally's is in trouble. Some of these sports books they jumped into sports gambling so quickly because it was rising and didn't think about what happens when, so the thing you need to know about gambling, this is true with sports gambling too. When times get tough, whether it be inflation or recession, anything like that, people gamble a heck of a lot less. Yeah. And so, and that's what we're doing now. And I think a lot of people are going to be loyal, but anyway, I was just noticing you're going to see a, you're going to see a lot of these networks. Um, And it's not that they would destroy ESPN, but then you splinter the audience. Here we go. Four downs now brought to you by crafttreats.com. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four Four? downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. So this is from draftkings.com. 
And win total, nine and a half. There is no in-between. You got to pick it, and people want to take part in the message board. Do it now. Win total, nine and a half. First down. Heck yeah, no way. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Schedule's easier than it was last year. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I don't I don't think this is difficult. I think it would be very difficult at ten and a half. I don't think it's I don't think it would be that difficult at ten and a half. But I, I yeah, I think this is a heck yeah. I think this is a this is again second year in a row, one of I think the easier bets uh, when it comes to preseason. We'll look at the entire SEC before it's all said and done. All right. Uh, would you take the balls at plus twenty eight hundred to win the national title? Those are the twelfth twelfth best odds in the nation. I think I just created a list. Heck yeah, no way. Heck yeah, I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but these odds are great. Look, Penn State has better odds at plus 2,500 than Tennessee. Texas has better odds at plus 2,500 than Tennessee. Notre Dame has better odds at plus 2,500 than Tennessee. Those are If, if those can be at 2,500, I think Tennessee at 2,800 is a pretty good bet. And the worst of all of these, by the way, by far the worst, Florida State with the seventh best odds at plus 1,800. That's oh. the stupidest odds yeah. ever help me with that i do not get that i'm gonna go no way i'm I'm not gonna go i think they lost their best player in darnell Wright overall and they have a quarterback issue the defense is still not solidified so i'm gonna go no way i don't think there's any way the balls win the national title this year so i would turn down the plus uh 2800 if this were a playoff year this would be one of the teams that i would jump on okay there are like two or three that are in that periphery at the plus 2,500, which again means if you bet 100, you win 2,500. There are two or three that I would put there, and this would be one of them if there were a 12-team playoff. But there's not this year, so I think this would be asking a lot with what Tennessee has to replace. All right. Hey, aren't, you doing a fe- aren't you working on this long-term project featuring a team that lost their quarterback and lost their best player, and then yes. what did they happen to do the next year? We're- yes. Celebrate 98, yes. That's a good <laughs> every, every once in a while. I love how, I mean, uh, Caleb's like the hockey guy. Every once in a while, he checks me. Uh, <laughs> against the boards, which I need. That's, that's a great point. And at plus 2,800, it's not like it's even money. So, yeah, I would think about it. All right, but I'm going to go no way for now because there's no middle ground. That was second down. Third down, would you take Joe Milton plus 2,000? Heck yeah, no way to win the Heisman. No, absolutely not. And those are tied for the ninth best Heisman odds. No, I would not. I would, I would go no way as well. But I'm going to play the other side. Hendon Hooker got in the mix and would have gone to New York as a finalist. So I think that the, behind the scenes, guys, they've called some Heisman voters that haven't been sending in their votes for a decade and that may be selling insurance or doing something else. So they've cut some some of the numbers down. So I think the voting slightly better. Um, I don't think it was last year, but um, so I, I'll play the other side and go, heck yeah. Uh, I think Joe Milton, if you want to drop a hundred on that to win 2000 uh, is not a horrible bet because people will be watching Tennessee's offense. They weren't watching Tennessee's offense in May of 2022 and then into September of 2022, but they'll be watching so he doesn't have the preseason Heisman hype as a player, but Tennessee does 
as a team. So I'll go, heck yeah, I'll drop a hundred on that. But Dave, they're going to hold him back. People who are going to watch now are going to be a little disappointed because we've talked about, they're going to change their offensive philosophy a little bit this year. They're going to focus a little bit more on moving the ball because one of Dylan Sampson, but two, Joe Milton's better at throwing over the middle and less on the deep shots, which let's, I mean, Hendon Hooker, like you take those deep shots as much as possible with Hooker because of his arm and how accurate he was. Joe Milton has a bigger arm, but isn't as good on the deep ball. Well, but now wait a second, brother. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna change their philosophy a little bit. But I think it's like going from an Audi to a BMW. I mean, they're not gonna go from an Audi to a Chrysler. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think you're gonna see some more long drives. I think people are gonna want to see what they saw with Hooker last year, and they're not gonna see that. You're not gonna see five touchdown passes against Alabama. I don't think you're gonna see that. Okay. Well, I, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go. Um. I'm gonna go. Heck yeah. I would take this. Um, all right. So, and then the last one I made up myself, and this is not uh, according to DraftKings or anybody else. Tennessee to finish at at the end of the season, end of the regular season, because I don't really count bowl games until we get in the playoff. And then I'm going to – I've thought about this. I'm going to adjust the way I judge teams completely. But Tennessee to finish uh, sixth or better. So, I've got six point in the rankings in the cfp rankings at the end of the year that's fourth down do you take the balls to finish higher or lower and and i'm gonna give myself some credit i think i kind of nailed a pretty good number there okay I, you did you did 6.5 did you like it six and i, a like, half? It. I like it thank I'm, you I'm, you're the gambling guy i didn't know if it's any good or not to be honest with I'm you i'm gonna go lower not that they're not that, and here's why there's going to be two. As SEC in lower, teams. you mean seventh or seventh or worse. There's going to okay. be two SEC teams finish higher than them. I think. Um, I think they'll be the third best. They'll have the third best finish in the SEC. There's going to be an ACC team by default because they played in the ACC finish higher than them, and there's going to be two Big Ten teams finish higher than them, and probably one Big Twelve team again by default because they play in the Big Twelve. It's going to. So are higher. you getting into a little bit of the politics of it by two other SEC teams, or are you just stacking teams? I'm stacking teams. Like, okay, so I think that, again, even though they're playing at home, I think they're losing to Georgia this year. I do. I think I think Tennessee's still going to lose to Georgia at home this year. Georgia's going to finish higher than them. Y'all are going to just call me Caleb, Brian, Kelly, but LSU's going to finish higher than them too because I'm so high on LSU. So Tennessee doesn't play LSU this year, but I think LSU and Georgia both finish higher than Tennessee. They will finish higher than Alabama, though. Heard it here first. Okay. Well, then – Okay, so you're you're going to say take the no way. I'm going to say heck yeah. I think they'll finish uh, sixth or higher, and I think it'll be sixth, which is why I put the number at uh, six and a half. So again, you've got the and this is not the Georgia. I just want to clarify to everybody: this is not the Georgia team that went into 2022 that I knew from my sources had incredible talent. They lacked some motivation throughout the season but that they weren't going to take a step down in talent from their first national championship team. I knew that this Georgia team is not that they're not just reloading. Okay. So I think Tennessee um, could potentially upset Georgia, but as it pertains to this query, I don't know that Georgia is going to finish as high of they as they have recently. So I don't know that Tennessee will need to be Georgia, Georgia to finish sixth or better and they have respect going in that they didn't have before so i'll say heck you think yeah you have a better shot against at alabama or at home against georgia this year alabama even on the road i agree alabama on the road they yeah. have a better shot at alabama 
But um, I always use this terminology. If they played 10 times, how many times would they win? I think based off what I'm hearing from Alabama and Alabama fans, you're going to call me crazy and this crazy Tennessee fan, which I'm not objective. But um, I think they have a 50-50 shot to beat Alabama on the road. I think that they have a 30% chance of beating Georgia at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I'm totally with you. And by the way, we're objective in the sense of you're, I think, I think on a neutral field, 10 times, Tennessee beats Alabama six times this year, honestly, on a neutral field last year, last year in Nayland stadium, I think Alabama would have won six times. And that was one of those four times Tennessee did it when they beat Alabama. I think Alabama was the better team last year, but I I I think, I think Tennessee pushed Alabama around up front. I thought at halftime that Tennessee could be up. Oh, they did push Alabama around up front, but Alabama had one, <laughs> the best quarterback in college football last year. And quarterbacks can be the great neutralizer. And as good as Hinton Hooker was, let, let me be clear, Bryce Young was better in that game. I mean, he was. He was he was the best player on the field. And Will Anderson uh, decided he wanted to be on the side of a milk carton. For those that don't know, that's where they used to put lost kids. All right, zulbeer.com, <laughs> xulbeer.com. <laughs> Things I use are dated. Maybe they should start doing that on the side of, of beer cans or our Tennessee Cider Company. That's got to be your go-to. Like when, Whenever someone doesn't show up in the NBA playoffs, Stephen A. says there's an APB out for him. Now you can just be like, he's on the side of a milk carton. Do you remember getting those milk cartons as a yes! kid? And, yes! and you'd be at lunch at school and you'd be like, oh, man, poor Johnny Bob. I wonder if anybody's found him yet. Yeah, I'll take another pizza. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. Good luck, Johnny Bob. That's terrible. All right, Zulbeer, xulbeer.com, worldwide award-winning craft beer. Man, it is awesome. Worldwide award-winning craft beer and zulbeer.com. It is fantastic. And if you're in Knoxville, they have parking downtown. They're absolutely unbelievable. And to have parking downtown is one thing, but another panoramic view, they've got that as well. It's something else. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. Zulbeer, xulbeer.com. So we got torn up, torn up because we said Alabama was desperate. Every Crimson Tide fan that has ever donned a Crimson jersey that has ever even thought about dating their sister or cousin came <laughs> out of the woodwork. <laughs> came out of the woodwork. No, I'm kidding. There's that. I mean, all the all the Southern jokes are all the same for all schools. So um, I, I love Alabama fans. I, I love what Nick Saban has, has done because it's a guy you either root for or against. So I'm kidding, Alabama fans. I love you. And I hope you subscribe to this channel and you're a part of it. Um, I think it's cool that we've, we've got, we, we've gotten way more sec Caleb than we ever dreamed we would. We thought we'd be all Tennessee. So it's been really cool. Um, so we, we got ripped by Bama fans. All right, last year or last week. And you know, we said, hey, you bring in this Notre Dame quarterback, Tyler Buckner. And is this a desperation move? Because a spring quarterback bringing one of those guys in after spring practice is a guy that probably didn't win the job. And Sam Pittman, not Sam Pittman, Sam, what's his name? Hartman. Hartman. Sam Hartman um, won the job when he came over. Uh, from Wake, he won the job at Notre Dame. They didn't announce it, but sources tell me that he won the job, and that's the reason why Tyler Buckner won it out. We we argued that it was 
desperate. I didn't think it was. I thought they brought another guy in who had injury issues but could play. So now we have A&M bringing in a quarterback. So I want to tell you a little bit about the newest quarterback. And this is very important because I think the Aggies fall on Tennessee's schedule. I think a lot of people think that the Aggies could just fall apart this year. So they bring in Jalen Henderson. He announces his commitment to Texas A&M on Sunday. Today's tough question is brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Who's more desperate? Today's tough question. Bam, here we go. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. So they both bring in spring quarterbacks, which when this, if you bring in a guy in the January portal, that ain't desperate. That's making your roster better. You bring a guy in now, the backdrop is desperation. It may not really, really be desperate. I didn't think Alabama's was desperate. Let's talk about whether or not this is desperate. Who's more desperate in bringing in a spring quarterback? Is it Texas A&M or is it Alabama? What say you, Caleb Calhoun? I'll start and then I'll tell you why you're right or wrong. How about that? Okay. Um, I think we're going to agree, and I don't think this is close. And I am one who said Alabama is desperate. Texas A&M. And I said no. And I said no. no. Because I think he's a pretty good player. Go ahead. But Texas A&M is way more desperate, and this is a way more desperate move. Tyler Buckner transferred after not winning the starting job at Notre Dame and losing it to Sam Hartman. Not Yeah, it was Sam Hartman, right? The The elite transfer who we felt could start in the SEC. He was the number one, in my opinion, and the guys, the people I talked to, he was the number one quarterback in the transfer portal in the first transfer portal in the winter transfer portal. And I thought Tennessee should go after him, quite frankly. Um, but they had seen enough from Nico that they felt good about him. So they didn't even really pursue uh, Sam. So uh, so where are we now with uh, yeah. A&M? Is this desperate? So, and yes, it's more desperate with A&M. Jalen Henderson could transfer it on April 20th, 2023 from Fresno State, meaning he lost the starting job at Fresno State and he's going to Texas A&M. Or, or, let me add this, or he wanted to play in the SEC and A&M gave him an opportunity. I mean, but you would think that would happen in the winter portal. That would happen in the winter. He And also, if he wanted to play, Dave, you're a five-star quarterback right now. If you were okay, if you have your choice though, you may want to play in the SEC. Do you really want to play for Texas AM when you know Jimbo Fisher might get fired this year? Or would you feel a little safer playing at Fresno State where you can maybe still build your profile a little bit as a quarterback? I understand at Fresno State at that point. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> it both sound horrible to me. I mean, I don't want to play football in California. There are parts about Cali I love, but it ain't the football part. Yeah, of but it. you can like you know as a quarterback, if you're trying to get to the NFL or whatever, like they you can build you can become a you can become a highly talented draft pick wherever you play. I mean, we see that quarterbacks come from all over in football. It's it's like usually where the difference is it's the offensive line, receiver, defensive line, things like that. What I'm seeing this past year was a bit of an anomaly with so many SEC quarterbacks taken. But what I am saying is that they he trans this was a de- he was desperate he wanted to play somewhere Texas A&M was desperate they needed a starter 
They just threw it out. They just threw it their hands. They're like, all right, we'll take him. Let's see if this works. This is beyond desperate by Texas A&M. I am not, <clears throat> I'm not backtracking, but I actually think the Alabama one's more desperate. I think this is a guy for depth, but they've, they've got the Connor Wigman kid. Um, and I think that he's going to be the starter. I think Jimbo Fisher, I think this is a little gamesmanship. He didn't say that. He's going to be the starter, but I think he'll be the starter. This kid that they brought in is a three-star guy. I don't think this is desperate. I think this is depth. I actually think the Alabama one, I'm not backtracking, but I think the Alabama one is more desperate than this. You are all over the place, Dave. No, I'm not, man. (laughs) I guess I just don't think that – I think this is for depth. I think this is bringing in a dude that he's at Fresno State, and maybe he he had an aunt that lived uh, next to Texas A&M, and he saw that he could get food there, and uh, the facilities were way better. And he's like, I'd rather be a backup at A&M, which there's no shame in that, than a starter at Fresno State. I don't think that at all. I don't think that at all. And I don't think he would. I don't think you would rather be a backup at AM than a starter at Fresno State. If look again, quarterback is not other positions. If you're a quarterback, you want to be able to start because you can actually get, you can actually build your profile. Carson Witz was a number one draft pick out of North Dakota State. Like again, quarterback is the one position where it doesn't really matter where you play when you're trying to build your profile. It doesn't matter what conference you play in, it doesn't matter what team you play for. I, and I think we've noticed that. Travis says, I'm old Waffle Dave. You watch it, Travis. I'll walk down to the shipping department and have your shirt canceled. It hadn't gone out yet, but it's going out today. So I'm kidding. Uh, the um, the Alabama one to me feels desperate because I know Jalen Milrow can't play. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and I know Texas more- A&M as a team can't play. <laughs> right. I know the whole team can't play. Oh, maybe it's desperate by the kid who transferred. I don't think it's as desperate by AM. I think they want to add depth. This is a three-star guy, unless he's some there just are not a lot of miss evaluations of quarterbacks. Have you noticed that? Usually the quarterbacks from high school to college are at least starters that are four or five stars. I mean, for the most part. I know you've had a situation with Brian Moore and then the most recent well, kid. Though, so What's that? He was a three-star, though, so yeah, that was... Okay, he was a three-star. I mean, you've had situations where guys have gotten shuffled through recently at Tennessee, but I think that's because of an offensive change. So I I, I don't think that... I don't think either is incredibly desperate. I think the the Alabama one is more desperate. Uh, Go ahead and click that like button, subscribe, but first, andymasonrealestate.com. Let me tell you something else. Uh, about the Alabama situation that uh, I heard over the weekend. Uh, but first, uh, andymasonrealestate.com. If you want to save thousands or tens of thousand dollars, go to andymasonrealestate.com. Over 40 years in his office of office of experience in buying and selling houses in the Knoxville area. andymasonrealestate.com. He is great. So go ahead and... Uh, Go ahead and reach out to him if you have any real estate needs. I'm about to do that very thing here in the next, well, maybe this week. So, AndyMasonRealEstate.com. So, some things I heard about Alabama. Um, I, I, I do not believe that bringing in Tyler Buckner was a depth move. Now, I haven't heard from my sources in A&M yet. When I do, I'll let you know. And I may change my mind tomorrow, to be real honest with you. <laughs> but I, I think that the Buckner thing was, hey, can you come here and play? Let's give this a shot. Um, I think um, 
Ty Simpson would have played in front of Jalen Milrow when Bryce Young got hurt last year. If Simpson was ready, he obviously wasn't. There's concern there about long-term future. And then Jalen Milrow managed to turn the ball over five times in one game. That's tough to do. So that's what I heard over the weekend. I think it fortifies your point, but I just like to share what I heard, uh, Caleb. I, I, you know, I, if Ty Simpson didn't make a push, if Ty Simpson wasn't the guy that they threw in there last year, then when Jalen Milrow is turning the ball over approximately every eight minutes, then that tells me that Ty Simpson's not even close to ready. And you bring in another quarterback. I, mean, I, I kind of thought in the back of my head, n- nothing I heard, but thought in the back of my head, Ty Simpson's going to come out and win win the job in the spring and because we know Jalen Milrow can't protect the ball. He hasn't. from from Not only publicly, but people that I talked to, okay? That to me means that was your next five-star great guy, right? It was supposed to be Jalen Hurts to uh, Tunga Viola, and then it was Bryce Young, and your next guy is... It was supposed to be Ty Simpson. It's not Ty Simpson. So I'll give you credit. Last week, you called it desperate. I'll give you a little bit of desperate on that. How about that? Okay. I appreciate that. I also find it funny that it seems like Tennessee has a lot more success with quarterbacks from Alabama than Alabama does with quarterbacks from Tennessee. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Condrich Holloway, Anti Martin, both from Alabama. Two legendary quarterbacks of Tennessee. Alabama goes and gets Ty Simpson. And it was a big blow to Tennessee fans, by the way. People forget this. Heupel was in his first year. Taven Jackson had committed to Tennessee, but they were still desperation because we didn't know how good or bad the program was going to be. It it hurt Tennessee fans hard when Ty Simpson committed to Alabama. I don't think they're feeling that bad anymore. No, they're cool. They can roll with that. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's good. I mean, so if you get Ty Simpson, you uh, – I mean – it changes. It's so funny how these things can change the trajectory of an entire program. And, and really they can change the future history of what happens. I, um, if they get Ty Simpson, do they get Nico? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so either. And there's rumors, you know, Tennessee played UT Martin last year. Ty Simpson's father is UT Martin's head coach. And, Let's just say there's not a lot of love lost between Jason Simpson and the University of Tennessee. Interesting. Okay, there. Did not know that. That's is that the Lane Kiffin gift that keeps on giving because he didn't connect with in-state coaches, and there's still some in-state coaches that are. I mean, that's the thing we haven't ever talked about about Lane Kiffin. There's still some in-state coaches that are mad that they they lost touch with Tennessee and and then you you follow that up with Dooley who didn't go to any high school football games during his tenure literally did not go to one single one and then you have Butch Jones who tried i guess and then you have Jeremy Pruitt um who is a defensive coach so is i wonder if that's one because Fulmer had that um reputation as well that he didn't recruit as much in state but it really wasn't fair to Fulmer Fulmer got the best player Lane Kiffin did not recruit in-state well enough. He didn't make the long-term relationships. He didn't think the in-state talent was going to be good enough long-term. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. I do wear sunglasses now, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, because I've got raccoon eyes and a sunburn. But I don't wear contacts, and I don't wear regular glasses because they fix me. I can see long. I can see far. I can 
see wherever I want to. Almost x-ray vision. And they're local. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. They did the LASIK surgery with me. They can do the cataracts if you've got someone in your family that's getting close to that point. And you know when your vision starts to get a little worse around 50? Those are most oftentimes cataracts. Maybe not severe cataracts, but a lot of times those, those can be taken care of. Okay, you may not know that. But that blurry vision, the close vision, you don't need a reader's if you get LASIK. So uh, keep that in mind. They're local doctors, and they've got their vision centers that can take care of your annual checkup. They're just simply awesome. Um, that That is the facts. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. We're going to be back in two minutes, and Caleb is trying to blow up the ACC. Does that mean the SEC could add a team or two? I ain't rolling anything out. Did anybody think that Texas and Oklahoma was about to be in the SEC? Two minutes. He's Caleb. I'm Dave off the hook sports. I know you like the heat. You've got to try my signature sauce 87. Dude, you know I love you and I love to try your wing sauce. But when it comes to wings, I need them really hot. I hit 105 on the radar gun. I need to be pretty spicy. Yeah, I know that, man. Look, if sauce 87 isn't enough for you, I guess you can try the Holy Moses or the Grim Reaper. Mmm, now we're talking. Take it from these Farragut admirals. When you're craving wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Visit them online at cravenwings.com. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your Before Candace, I was, I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. Candace has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Candace today. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we wanna be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. 
Who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Caleb has an interesting theory on what the H today that we're going to get to. Uh, it looks like there may be a way for some ACC teams to get out of their contract, which is insanely long and insanely punitive to get out of it for like another eight years. You have to pay like $250 million or something silly. I'll, I mean, I'll look up the numbers. Caleb, if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. But um, it is just – it's just bizarro. So that's why the ACC teams have not been um, have, have not been poached because to get out of their ACC contract, it is uh, incredibly, incredibly different. But first, we want to talk some uh, hoops. So hang tight for that because I would love to see Florida State and Clemson enter, enter the SEC. Love it. There's part of me that would like to see Georgia Tech. Because of the history there, they were they were in the SEC. Uh, you know, Tennessee and Georgia Tech had a great rivalry. Tech um, in the middle of Atlanta, I think it would help Tennessee. We'll get to all that, but first we got hoops. BJ Edwards, Lady Vols, all of that, and a lot happened over the weekend as uh, Tennessee hoops is rolling forward. And I want to start with this before we get specifically to what. B.J. Edwards entering the transfer portal means. With the guys that have come and gone, do you believe there is any sort of philosophical change whatsoever? Because I know where you're going to go. You're going to say no immediately. But whatsoever to add some shooters to open up this offense a little teensy tiny bit, recap what they brought in, and uh, kind of give me give me your thoughts. I believe there is a I don't believe there's a philosophical change. I believe he has brought in talent to be able to run an inside out game that I think should be run where he has enough shooters. It's the way Rick Barnes is going to utilize the rotation. So I'll tell you this right now, he's not going to utilize the rotation the way he should. He's going to still play big. He's going to still go for the real big guy that's more of a post guy to play at the small forward position and just crowd the paint and it's going to be problematic. I I, I do believe that. And so they do have enough. I don't think the B.J. Edwards transfer is a big deal because they do have enough firepower at the guard spots now. I just don't think Rick, Bar- Rick Barnes is going to utilize the firepower the way he should. Yeah. Um, you, you, you could be right, but I, I, I believe this, and I, I was re-watching some games over the weekend, um, uh, some, some Tennessee basketball games. I, I, I think you've sold Rick Barnes short on one thing, Caleb. And I think that is Euros Plastic just didn't do a good job of getting the ball out at times. Now, I believe that when they would dump it in and the inside out game is he needs to find somebody that can shoot from the perimeter, correct? And a lot of those guys, everybody would drop back and they wouldn't double down on Euros and then they would play the perimeter shooters. So he had trouble finding people. When I went back and watched, I think some of that's on him. I think we gave him too much of a pass. I think some of that's on him. 
I've been critical of Plavchik from the start. But okay. I would say that's still on Barnes because he he would play him more than Adu, and I think Adu is significantly better than Plavchik. I don't really think it's close either. Wow. Okay. And I mean, I can't believe that Yoros Plavchik is testing the NBA draft waters. I don't know what him. There's no way he makes it in the NBA. No, unless he grows about three inches and adds thirty five pounds, and then even he that, like on. he brings the ball down every time from the board. Like the most important thing for bigs in the NBA now is to do what you said: find the open guy from underneath the basket. And if they're going to go up, they can't bring the ball down. Like, okay, it's yeah, just, Draymond. Sorry, I got taught that. I got taught that in middle school. Yeah, exactly. Draymond Green is six eight. He would if he can play under the basket. Uras Plastic is seven one. Every time Uras Plastic gets a rebound, Draymond Green would strip him. It wouldn't even be close. Green wouldn't even have to try that hard. Yeah, you I know, don't know. I don't know that Plastic. You bring up a great point. Could get off a shot on a close rebound of the basket. Yeah, yeah, he has no shot. No pun intended. <laughs> okay, so what do you, BJ Edwards is out. Um, so you don't think there's any sort of major philosophical shift here. You just think that Rick Barnes is trying to get better at what Rick Barnes does. Yes. And and to, for those concerned about BJ Edwards, we all thought he was going to be the next Zakai Ziegler and back him up. Zakai got hurt last year and they still didn't play BJ Edwards. I don't think that's a philosophy thing. I don't think he was cutting it the way Barnes wanted him to. And guys, I got to be honest, I'm hearing some rumblings. That Freddie DeLeon, who was a mid-year commitment and a four-star, is a potential superstar combo guard. Like, we're talking a 6'5 guy who can play the point and can shoot from the outside. So it's almost like a combination of Vescovi and Zakai Ziegler with another inch. That's what I'm hearing about Freddie DeLeon. Interesting. That's what they need. They need a guy who can create his own shot when all is going to heck in a handbasket. Exactly. And they, and- and they and we're we're past the days where that's Kevin McHale with his back to the basket. Yes. And Kevin yeah. McHale also had he well, I mean, going attention away. It's not a post guy anymore. It has to be a two guard. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying if it is a post guy, again, the you can have back to the basket guys, but Tim Duncan was great with his back to the basket too. But you had Manu and Tony Parker and a bunch of shooters all around at the time. Kevin McHale, they had to worry about Parrish. Bird could stretch the floor. And so Danny, yeah, there's, but the philosophy of the game overall, which is what I was alluding to, I don't think anybody dumps it down in the post when they need a sure two anymore. The sure two has to come from the outside in as opposed to the inside out. That's the way basketball is. So you're thinking a Freddie Delone could be that guy. That would be monstrous for Tennessee. So while we're touching on basketball, the lady balls with some shifting are the lady balls better today than they were uh last week when i was at my uh, son's graduation by the way uh caleb thanks for filling in and did i cry yes i did oh yes, yes um, I did. yeah i think I, I think they are uh they added jewel sphere wake forest transfer for those who don't know two years ago jewel sphere led the whole acc in scoring and last year she was in the top five in the acc in scoring this is a big help because she shooting roughly between 35 and 40 percent from three right now which in the women's game is really good you know the women's game good is in in the 30 percent range so 35 to 40 percent is actually really 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 good and she's another guard i think that she look jordan horston was a player you could you turn to to create something for yourself but she didn't fit kelly harper's system that well because kelly harper likes to use bigs and then she wants her guards to be able to shoot well from outside to stretch the floor Jordan Horston didn't stretch the floor too well. She was a slasher. 
Jordan Horston would have worked in John Calipari's offense if someone ran that in women's college basketball in a dribble drive. She's not working in with Kelly Harper. So her being gone, a guy like Jewel Spear coming, I think, I do think the Lady Vols should be significantly better this year. I used to say, <clears throat> pardon me, in the women's game, that winning a championship was equivalent to making the final four in the men's game because there were more teams and more competitive. Does that statement make sense 10 years ago? I would have said it was equivalent to making the Sweet 16 in the men's game 10, 15 years ago, but okay. I see your point. Yeah, okay, so good. Wherever that. So let me throw this out at you, and you tell me if it's a bad comparison. Let's reset it before you answer. But I'm 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 going to ask you this: what what hap- What's a what's a fair comparison? Um, women, the women's game, a team making the Final Four, which is deeper than it has been, but not incredibly deep at all, or a men's team making the um, Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. Women Which final one? four, men's sweet sixteen or elite eight. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm taking championship out of the mix because yeah. that, it, it is now competitive in the women's games. Yeah, you can't just I show think- up with a bunch of meeks and win a championship in November. Basically, I mean, we all <laughs> knew they were going to win it. That was the most. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I look back. I was young, but I remember the writings behind those teams. It's like everybody knew that team was going to be the greatest team of all time the minute they showed up on campus. To yeah, and you get a Candace Parker or a Tarasi. And it's like that person is a different evolution in the women's game. They're going to win it all. Okay, so so what's what's the equivalent? I guess I need your help in phrasing this question because you're. I think Sweet Sixteen in men's is a good equivalent of the Final Four in women's. I think that's a good equivalent. Okay, so you have to bet right now, Kelly Harper, uh, over the next three years. um, Let's assume they all keep their jobs and Rick Barnes doesn't retire. Over the next three years, Kelly Harper makes more or less final fours than Rick Barnes does sweet 16s. Now here's the trick. That is, that's a good one. Rick Barnes has made two sweet 16s in the last five seasons, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Kelly, Har- Kelly Harper has never made a final four. So based on that, I would have to say Rick Barnes. But I will say this because I'm hedging a little. I'm not very comfortable with that bet because Rick Barnes has made two Sweet 16s in the last five in the last five seasons. Up until 2019, he hadn't made it out of the second weekend since 2008 or the first weekend since 2008. So we had a long drought, and he's still every single year at Tennessee. He's been eliminated from the tournament. He's lost to a lower seed. So that's a really really big indictment, but. I still think Rick Barnes has a better chance of making a Sweet 16 than Kelly Harper does a Final Four over the next three years. Well, I wasn't just talking about one. For goodness gracious, I mean, if I, I think we might have the to support talk about one with the support. If if they don't make one in the next three years, I'm changing coaches on both sides. I don't care if I Rick mean, Barnes retires or not. Rick Barnes just went three years without making the, a Sweet 16. Twenty twenty. I know that would be six. <laughs> I, mean, no, well, I mean, but he made it this past year. Is what I'm saying. So right. But, he goes but three six he, out of seven. That's not cool. No, yeah, that's true. You're right. So it's, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. But yeah. Okay, so who makes the most final fours, or who 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 does the best? Kelly Harper in final fours or Rick Barnes in Sweet Sixteens? 
Kelly okay. Harper's final fours at that point because once Rick Barnes gets to the Sweet 16, I got him losing every time. <laughs> but he would make it. So he, he would makes make it. it. Yeah. Um. Wow. I go Rick Barnes Sweet 16. What did you go with? I, I, okay, once they get there, I would say Kelly Harper would do better in a Final Four than Rick Barnes would do in a Sweet 16. Only because Kelly Harper is, hasn't lost any Final Four games. She just hasn't won any. Rick Barnes just keeps losing when he gets to the Sweet 16 to lower seed teams that he's better than. Uh, Mr. Jones asked, does Candace Parker have any daughters? I think um, she does. I think she does. I don't know if she's married. Why don't you Google that real quick while I play she, the element? As a matter of fact, I think she has a kid with Sheldon Williams. That should be a great basketball player. Yes, and good gravy. Let's hope it looks more like her than him. <laughs> what was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I was told this story that Mike Krzyzewski, when um, Sheldon Williams showed up on campus and they were recruiting him, uh, one of the associate ADs pulled him aside and said, he is from Earth, right? Or is he from Mars? I'm kidding. But he does. His eyes are so far apart. Does he not look like a Martian? Sheldon Williams? Yes. Yes. Well, we found out Candace Parker is remarried. She has a she's she has a wife now. Right. Does seem like she was in two women. So maybe she just couldn't tell attractive men from unattractive men. He is an unattractive (laughs) man. I can tell you the ones and the tens. I can tell you the Brad Pitts and I can tell you the Sheldon Williams. He was a Sheldon Williams. (laughs) And they can't even do like plastic surgery to move your eyeballs closer together. What the H brought to you by Vassy Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Buying power that'll save you money, whether you're coming from Nashville, Knoxville, or Chattanooga there in Cleveland, Tennessee, Toro. Count on it. Man alive, it's worth the drive. So, Caleb, lay it on me, brother. Um, you have a an interesting theory as to how Clemson and Florida State are trying to break up the ACC. And let's get to that because uh, what they have to pay about fifty million to get out right now, according to our that. It's okay. worse. Okay, okay, it's worse. Um, all right. So because I would love for Florida State and Clemson to be coming into the SEC in the next five years, I would prefer Clemson and Florida State come in over Texas and Oklahoma. To be real honest with you. Because I I am I am for you, the fans, the fans that are on this board. And I know that you want to go to every away venue and getting to AM, getting to Oklahoma is probably a plane flight or a long drive. It's tougher to do. Florida State ain't close. Don't get me wrong. But I, I would have preferred that from a fan standpoint. I always side with the fans. And uh, who the hell wants to go to Missouri? Excuse my language. I mean, nobody, I mean, <laughs> anybody said, oh, let's go to Missouri for a weekend. I mean, we took a roller coaster trip through Ohio and went to Kings Island, Cedar Point. We took a vacation in Ohio, but I would not take a vacation in Missouri if it was fully paid. Uh, I've been to St. Louis one time and I did win at a casino, which has only happened like three times in my life uh, playing cards. So, but uh, all right. So, What's your theory as to Clemson and Florida State are trying to break up the ACC? So it's not just Clemson and Florida State. It's Miami and North Carolina, too. It's those four schools. So, Dave, let's start with this. You and I know. A lot. A lot. We know that those four schools want in the SEC. If they could get into the SEC tomorrow, they would do it. 
do it. Yep. And and I do know this from a very well-placed source. The SEC, out of that group you mentioned, would want North Carolina first and foremost. Oh, I agree. And we also know that we know they want North Carolina the most, and we know that they would probably willingly take all four because all four would bring in a great bit of revenue for them. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. All, so okay, so we that part's out the way. So roughly about two months ago, Florida, those four schools came to the ACC and said, "Hey, we're tired of this equal revenue sharing," which was a deal they signed in 2016 with the Media Rights Network, ESPN, that's going to last through 2036. They said, "We're tired of the revenue sharing. We're bringing in all the money." Wake and Duke and Pittsburgh and Syracuse are mooching off of us. It's time we get a bigger piece of the pie. The just and just for context, guys, if, in case you want to know, now this isn't all the revenue, but specifically television contract revenue. The ACC is bringing in 17 million. For context, the SEC is bringing in 51 million. I mean, this is a big gulf. On top of that, the Florida State Athletic Director recently said there it's not possible for Florida State and Florida to coexist on the same sphere with this difference in revenue coming. Basically admitting we have no shot to compete with Florida if the revenue doesn't change a little bit. Okay. The ACC, as you know, Dave, is going to say, well, screw you. You signed this deal. We don't care. <laughs> and, and they can say that. Now here's – and so because here's the thing. You need a majority of athletic directors in schools to agree to a different revenue sharing. You think Wake Forest is going to get on board – to give Florida State a bigger piece of the pie. They love that welfare check they're getting from Florida State. And so does Duke, and so does Pittsburgh. So the so the next move would be for Florida State. And I think we're in this, Josh Pate says, said this about two months ago, and I agree. We're in this part of the negotiations right now. Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and UNC are basically like, all right, we're ready to leave. And the ACC is like, you can't leave. And Florida and those four schools are like, watch us. Now here's the sticking point. The exit fees for per school it's not like an outright exit fee. There's a bunch of different types of fees and it's estimated at about $120 million per school. Mr. Jones posted on our message board and his his stuff's good. uh, 52 million. So were we sure? That's what Maryland paid when they left in 2012. There was a new deal signed in 2016. Okay. Okay. I did think, I did think it was in the hundreds of millions. It's in the hundreds for context, Oklahoma and Texas, it was combined a hundred million for them to leave the big 12 and they were able to get out of their grant or rights deal on top of that and pay the hundred million. Now this is a sticking point. It's not just the money, the exit fee to leave the ACC. The grant of rights for those who don't know if Florida state were to ACC has grant of media rights over all schools until 2036, which is to say if Florida state left the ACC and joined the SEC, the ACC could legitimately blackball them from being on national TV they would have the right to determine when Florida state plays on TV and what contracts they can deal with. That's wow. how, so that you got to get out of that. If you're going to leave the conference. Well, I'm going to cite what uh, another podcast I listened to this weekend. It's called FSU football, double fries, no slaw. And they brought a guy named David hood of Clemson tiger net to join them. And what they were saying was that apparently those four schools have now gone to two other schools and gotten them on board. The rumors are there's two other schools that also on board on trying to take a bigger piece of the pie. Now, Dave, I don't know who you think it is. My guess is Virginia Tech and NC State. Those would be number five and number six, right? In terms of football schools generating revenue. I mean, Tech for sure. I don't know about NC State, but I know they've tried. They 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 up Dave Doran's contract to keep him when he got some other offers. So I guess I don't I don't feel strongly about 
NC State as you do, but you, you could well be well, right. Maybe it's, Virginia, maybe it's Virginia Tech and Virginia. It's or maybe it's Virginia Tech and Louisville even. I uh, probably I'd probably go if I had a pick. I don't know. I'll, t- I'll I'll tell you what I know, what I think, and what I don't know. I don't know, but I would guess Louisville. Go ahead. Okay, so let's so let's yeah. So we know for sure it's Virginia Tech, and it might be Louisville the other one. So here's what I think I'm thinking is happening. They're trying to get enough schools to be willing to leave the ACC at once because here's what's going to happen if they all leave the ACC. ESPN can pull out of its contract immediately because why the heck would you have a contract with the ACC that doesn't have Florida State, Miami, Clemson, UNC, Virginia Tech? (laughs) I mean. That's practically defaulting on the contract that you offered. Exactly. No other TV deal, no other contract. Nobody's going to offer the ACC another contract. I, at that point, the ACC would become defunct, just no longer exists as a conference, at which right. point there is no grant of rights and there is no exit fee. So I think these schools are now working behind the scenes to make sure that not only will they leave the ACC, but when they leave, they torpedo the whole conference along with it so they don't have to pay anything. Okay, so we're at a point where we think it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC that are going to be kind of like the ALNL in Major League Baseball, eventually, within Correct. the next three to five years. Okay, so if that's the case and you're the SEC, do you want to expand or do you want to hold tight to see what happens with that? Because you are divvying up the pie more and more if you bring somebody in, so they better bring more money to the table. I mean, you're not running a shelter here. You're not you're not giving free meals out. So who would you bring in that you think would help the conference? Or if you're the SEC, would you bring nobody in? If you're Greg Sankey, if all this stuff happens and the ACC blows up, let me ask you, Caleb, who would you bring in or would you bring in anybody at all? And I'll tell you who I'd bring in. Okay. So there's no question you bring in North Carolina. That's an obvious one. That's a new TV market. And I can tell you from a well-placed source that that would happen like the next day. Yeah. Because North Carolina brings in a lot of revenue. It's actually mind boggling to me that they haven't had a powerhouse football program because they have all the resources to be the Tennessee of the ACC if they wanted to. They just never have been. So you bring in North Carolina and you get in a new TV market. I think Florida State and Clemson have enough of a brand that even though they're in a similar market, they bring so much new. It's like, yes, Notre Dame's in the same market as Indiana and Purdue, but you're still bringing in Notre Dame if you're the Big Ten because of how gigantic of a revenue pie they bring in. So I think Florida State and Clemson outweigh the splitting of the revenue. I think the fourth one you bring in, so I said UNC, Florida State, Clemson. And this is where Miami needs to be careful. I think the fourth one you bring in is Virginia Tech. Because, again, power football program and get you into the Virginia market at the same time. I think what Miami might be looking for is to get into the Big Ten because the Big Ten is looking at trying to get into the Florida markets. So you could see them go for Miami, Georgia Tech, maybe try to get in the Atlanta market. So, But I think those are the four schools. Four schools. Virginia Tech, UNC, Florida State, and Clemson. I think you bring those four in. Okay. Now I'm going to come strictly – this is not from a business standpoint. I think I have a decent business mind, but th- so I'm going to go ahead and set that aside. This is from a what I know about the schools, and I've been to, I think, every school we've mentioned. Um, So I've been to the campuses. I know what they're like. Um, I know if they would be good fits, and this is just for what Dave wants to watch on Saturdays in the SEC. I'm just going to be real honest with you. So this is not from a business perspective. Um, I would take North Carolina, okay, because that is a little businessy because I see the aspect of – having another school in there with high academic standards. I know they, what they went through, but high academic standards 
and you would bring in a basketball team, okay, which would make make them better. Oh, Kentucky, so, UNC every year. Oh, that's uh, it's tight. It's tight. I, I could make an argument for North Carolina Duke as the two teams you bring in because you would dominate that state. And then suddenly you're the basketball conference. But I'm not going to go in that direction right now. I'm thinking more football. So while I know North Carolina is the one, that's the easy one. It's not Miami because they don't invest. Their they're poor students have to get – they have to drive 45 minutes to go to the Hard Rock Stadium, which is the worst at blame casino you can ever go to. I'm just telling you, don't go to the Hard Rock Casino in Miami. Um, not even free drinks and no craps tables. But um, so I w- they don't take it seriously. You have to drive 45 minutes to go to a home game, which is stupid. Can you imagine telling people that you had to go to the Tri-Cities to, to watch a Tennessee football game? Uh, so I'm not taking Miami. I'm taking Florida State because I thought they were going to fall off the map about five years ago. But they're, they're going in the right direction. And that was a coaching thing. I'm taking Clemson. But South Carolina is going to fight, fight, fight it. By the way, Florida is going to fight, fight, fight Florida State. I don't know that any of this is possible. But the, here's here's the four teams that Dave would take. You can take Texas against Texas A&M's wishes. You can take Florida State and Clemson against South Carolina and Florida's wishes. Yeah, Florida had a lot of power um, when they had oh their former AD suddenly. Foley. Yeah, they had a lot of power. They don't have that now. He retired. So I, I would take Florida State. Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and this one might this one might surprise you. West Virginia would not be far behind. If you've ever been to a game in West Virginia, it feels like you're at an SEC school. I mean, it, it, you're like, wow. I mean, they're they're rabid. So I would consider that. Um, the other school I would consider that makes no business sense is Georgia Tech. And that would be because you would get the Atlanta market, and I think that's a that's a place people like to go. That's like bringing in Tulane at this point. I agree, I agree, I agree. They they would have to show me commitment uh, to to football. Now, have we left even a team out of this conversation that you would bring in? Those are the main four. We agreed on the top four: UNC, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Florida State. I think those are four no brainers, and you get to twenty teams at that point. Um, and so you I, didn't have a we gonna, I didn't think we'd agree, but I guess we did, didn't we? Yeah, and also you can cleanly split the division. So I think if you do a 20-team league, I think you have to do four divisions at this point, like five teams to a division, have like a final four, make it epic because – That's hot right there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> rivalries – a few rivalries would go away, but think about this. Okay, the divisions. If you do what we're talking about, Arkansas, Missouri, Texas, Texas, and Oklahoma, that's one division. LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn is another. Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Virginia Tech, UNC. And then Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida State, Clemson. Okay, let me let me let me make one more change. I'd drop Missouri and add West Virginia. While oh, we're just, just while we're just in kind of la la land anyway. Well, just kick out Vanderbilt. <laughs> now I I'm I'm okay with their I'm I'm okay with their long-term history. They used to be a good football program. I'm okay with their basketball history, and the academics are significant, which is okay, part of the Missouri reason. Missouri is like pretty good academically, though. I know you hate Missouri, but that is a good academic school. They are. They are. They probably wouldn't have taken me, but I knew I was going to Tennessee, so I didn't apply. So I, I, I love it. So the, the, the rebuilt, is, a rebuilt you, SEC. There we go. 
The question becomes, Dave, do you think they're going to pull this off? Do you think these six schools are going to be able to pull off tanking the, the ACC and torpedoing it? Because if they make the jump, if they make the jump, they have to do it knowing that they will that the ACC will be defunct right after that. Right, oh, because yeah. then they would have to pay the penalties. Right, exactly. Then they have to pay the penalties. And the grant of rights. The penalties is one thing. I bet the SEC would willingly pay the penalties to get North Carolina, quite honestly. The question becomes the grant of rights. Because what if North Carolina is in the SEC, but they can't be on TV until 2036? Somebody said absolutely no to Duke. I'll tell you why I like Duke. And uh, before I get to that, City Heating and Air Conditioning, 50 years of integrity, cityheatandair.com. They're in Knoxville, and your HVAC unit, when it gets hot, might crash. Well, the good thing about the City Heating and Air Conditioning, they won't say, hey, let's come in and spend $500,000 to replace a unit. Maybe you just need a part or some Freon. The thing I like about Duke, and I think I could, if you and I sat down together for like an hour, I commend you on this, is you would become the basketball conference if you got Duke and North Carolina. You'd have Kentucky, and I'm sorry, the shell of the ACC, they would then split up to the Big East in different places. You would not only be the football conference, you'd be the basketball conference. So there's an argument to be made for Duke, who has shown under David Cutcliffe that they can win at football too. They can be respectable. So don't don't just completely discount me on the Duke thing. Be sure and hit that like button right now. I'd greatly appreciate it. That would be awesome. If you haven't subscribed yet, do so. Our Celebrate 98 series, looking back and visiting with former Tennessee football players of the 98 team, coaches, and all of that. The first one, Eric Westmoreland, will debut this evening so that's super cool so be sure you're subscribed be sure you're a part of it and we're live each and every day 10 a.m he's caleb calhoun 10 a.m eastern live 10 a.m but you can check us out anytime with caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker off the sports.com judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.